Hi, this is Scott Silkey. I'm the Worship Arts Director here at New Life Church. We're excited that you are joining us today. I pray that today's message will encourage and inspire you to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the world around you. This past series, this past month, we've been talking about the good news. The good news. The Savior is born. And uh, I don't know how many of you have a manger scene in your house, um, but... Just like most major scenes, until Christmas Day, it's empty. It's empty. And then on that Christmas morning, the baby remarkably shows up. I wonder how that happens. But this empty manger represents, this empty manger represents a lot. The empty manger represents to the world that God-shaped hole that is inside of each and every one of us. And we try to fill that manger, that, that hole inside of us with all kinds of things. And it can never really be filled because you can't put a square peg into a round hole. You can't fill it with anything other than what was meant to be there in the first place. And that's what this empty manger represents. And the way in which... Most of us have filled that hole in our lives is because somebody said something to you. Somebody shared the message that that manger isn't empty anymore. That that manger has been filled and that baby grew up and that young person of 12 who astounded the rabbis, grew into a man, and that man did some remarkable things on our behalf. And it's all because of him, that good news. But that good news is empty for all those who have not heard it. So tonight's headline is Messiah in a manger, a shepherd's shocking tale. Messiah in a manger? A shepherd's shocking tale. The first week we looked at the gospel according to John, the good news according to John, and talked about how Jesus truly was Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh, the one true God, full of grace and truth, who so loved you. On week two, we looked at the gospel of Mark, And we saw how the incarnation was not a new thing, but the continuation of God's rescue mission from the beginning of the story. This past Sunday, we talked in week three from the Gospel of Matthew. And we talked about how control is a myth that leads to destruction and how surrender is the only path to peace. Tonight, I want to talk about the message and the messenger. How many have watched this Christmas season? A Charlie Brown Christmas. Come on, be honest. Okay, I've got a couple of takers in the back. Okay, thank you, David. Gospel truth right there, everybody. Thank you. Charlie Brown Christmas. The big question in the Charlie Brown Christmas is this. Charlie cries out in despair. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And Linus 
with blanket in tow, says, sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And he steps up, and he asks for the lights, <laughs> and he reads this. He actually recites this. If you would turn your Bibles to Luke, if you don't have it, it's fine. Luke, you, you know this. It's been, uh, Linus has been saying it for years now. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it says this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judah, to Judah the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the, of the house and the lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him and swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Because there is no room, no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The reason they were filled with great fear is because real angels are not as cute as your babies. Those, those kids, man. I know I'm biased. One of them is my angel. Verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to, for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Focus in on that line. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. God, we thank you for this portion of Scripture, Lord, that talks about how from the very beginning of your birth, people have been hearing the message, the gospel, and it changing their lives. And then them glorifying and praising you and sharing the gospel with other people. And then changing their lives. And it goes on and on and on, down through the millennia, even to today. So Lord, we thank you for the messengers that have given us good news 
And we pray, Lord, that we would be messengers of your good news. Amen. Amen. The title of tonight's message is simple. It's this. Good news equals great joy. Good news equals great joy. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. Good news equals great joy. When you have good news, what do you want to do about it? I guarantee that you want to just eat it. Just keep it in. You don't want to tell anybody. You just want to, you just want to like, you know, just ponder it in your heart. You know, our world is created right now for the sharing of news. Every social media platform is for you to share the most mundane things that have happened good to you that day. I'm going to let you have a little secret. Nobody cares. No. <laughs> the idea, I mean, sometimes, I mean, good news. You know what I can't stand about our culture right now? I'm just going to be honest with you. 24-hour news cycles. There's not enough, listen, there's not enough news people care about for 24-hour news cycles. But news is meant to be shared. You get something good, you want to share it with somebody. You, you, you have something happen to you that's great, you want to let people know about it. And that's good. You should do that. Because we, we live in communities, and communities are, 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 are people that deal with relationships. That's what actually happens. That's a good thing. So good news always brings great joy, if it's in fact good news. When we have an encounter with Jesus, the gospel, he is the gospel, we will never be the same. Those shepherds, they went away from experiencing the, the best news ever, and they went away glorifying and praising God, and people were like, what is going on? with these shepherds. We will return to our lives. We have an encounter with Jesus, glorifying and praising God. We will testify of what he's been made known to us. We will share the gospel regardless of what others do with that message. Let me give you, an ex- let me give you a, a heads up here. It's not your job to make choices for people. It's your job to share the message, to give out the good news. If people will receive the gospel, it has the power to transform them from enemies of God into the children of God. Isaiah 52. Back in Isaiah, we, have, we call this the, uh, the gospel of Isaiah. Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet who looks forward to the coming of the Messiah. And he starts in 52, and it goes into 53. And we're going to read a little bit of both of those chapters tonight. Isaiah 52, starting in verse 7, says this. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims peace. How beautiful on the mountains are the herald of him who proclaims peace, who brings news of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of, our wa- of your watchmen, they lift up their voices, shouting for joy together, for every eye will see when the Lord returns to Zion. Be joyful, rejoice together, you ruins of Jerusalem. 
For the Lord has confronted his people, excuse me, comforted his people, maybe a little bit of both, and he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has displayed his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Let me let you in on a little bit of secret. That's you. The ends of the earth. When it comes to the location in which this prophecy was written, America is the end of the earth. In fact, most, I mean, I don't think many people even knew we existed at that point as a, as a continent. And we are very far flung from Jewish tradition and Judaism for most of us. We are the Gentiles. We are the people whom which Abraham was told, through your seed, the entire world will be blessed. How beautiful the feet of the herald on the mountain who brings good news. Maybe you don't feel that way sometimes. Maybe you don't feel like when you share the good news, you're treated as having beautiful feet. Well, it depends on who, what happens to that news when it's received. If you share the good news of Jesus Christ, born in a manger, born to die on a cross for their, for their salvation, and they reject it, you're not going to have beautiful feet. They're not going to like seeing you coming. But if you share the message and they receive it and it changes their lives, you are going to be the most beautiful herald that they've ever encountered. It's not your responsibility to make people make choices. It's your responsibility to be the messenger. The good news is that Jesus came, not to glorify himself, but to do the will of his Father. His will was to rescue us, not elevate himself. We're talking about the creator God that we, we, we referenced in, when we studied the Gospel of John. Same God. He emptied himself of all of that. He took on the form of a lower middle class baby. Humbled himself to the point of a servant in order to do the will of his father. This is what he came. And I want to read this out of, out of Isaiah 53. And I want you to, maybe, maybe this will change your view of what Jesus came to do and who he was. I mean, you, you, if you go to uh, art museums, you'll see <laughs> paintings of blonde hair, blue-eyed, Anglo-Saxon Jesus, right? And he's always very, you know, either he's like cross and he's gaunt or he's like, mm, you know. Let me, let me give you the portrait of Christ according to Isaiah 53. Ready? Who has believed what he has heard from us? Here again, another message. Another gospel being told. At whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of a dry ground. It means it was tough he had tough times growing up. It wasn't fertile soil for growth. He was lower middle class at best. He had no form or majesty 
that we should look at him. And no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Uh, uh, And as one from whom men hide their faces. Now, I I looked at this in the original uh, language. And that passage is better translated this. Think about this for a second. It's better translated this. As one who hides his face from us. Commentators often will have, have said this kind of indication shows that Jesus might have been shy. He was kind of, you know, he wasn't like out, out there and, you know, you know, miracle, miracle, and he was like 12. You know, I feel like that's a very interesting translation. Somebody who just, you know, kind of wants to be on his own, maybe shy, maybe a little socially awkward. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. But then it starts to flip. Because he started to do, he came to do a job of his father. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. All we like sheep have gone astray. I want to compare that imagery to the empty manger. We all have a problem. We all need a Savior. There's only one thing can fill that God-shaped hole inside of us, and he came at Christmas. Now, I don't know if Christmas happened on, in December. I don't, probably not. I hate to wreck it for you, but probably not. It, I, we could debate all those, like, well, so much of our Christmas is pagan. Not for me, folks. I have a Christmas tree. Sue me. But what I'm saying is this. Jesus did come. Whether it was on 25th of December or I don't even know. He did come. There was an empty manger that he filled. He came for you. He came for me. Listen to this. Ready? It was not Jesus' job to share the gospel. Well, that's heresy. No, it's not his job. When Jesus came and spoke, he talked about the kingdom of God. That was his message. Why did he talk about the kingdom of God? Because the kingdom could only come if Jesus were here. He didn't preach the gospel because he was the gospel. He was the gospel. He's the, he's the linchpin that brought heaven to earth. Gave us access to the kingdom of God. That's the good news. He was the gospel. He did the job that only he could do. Now it is our job to share the message, to spread the good news, glorifying the name of 
1 Corinthians 5 says this. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. That was the job. That was the job. That he would be made sin who knew no sin. If you want a little bit more information about what that actually looked like, I encourage you to get to bed at a decent hour on New Year's Eve and come on Sunday morning because we're going to talk about it. A little plug. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Why? So that, we, that in him, in him, that's a very important part, we might become the righteousness of God. He had a big job to do. His job was not to glorify himself. His job was to glorify the Father. To make the rescue plan a reality. And anybody, I believe, anybody who has a genuine encounter with this Jesus, the one who filled the manger and fills the hole in human hearts, will not be able to leave without glorifying and praising his name. And people are going to go, what's going on with that weirdo? Just like the shepherds. What's going on? What, what, I, don't, I don't even recognize you. Something has changed. You've had an encounter. Something's going on. And some people are going to be offended by it. Some people are going to be made whole by it. The message of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. If you want to find out more about New Life Church, you can connect with us at discovernewlife.org. We hope to see you soon.